0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. i been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps, I'm delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. We talked in last week's podcast about how language limits our ability to express what is unknown to the normal mind. Now, if you've been listening to me for the last few weeks, months, or even years at this stage, before we go any further, almost forgot, I would like to give you a little bit of news, because this week, the downloads for this podcast, To Succeed, dot, 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 Just Let Go, went over the 100,000 mark. Now, I know in the world of podcasting, that's no big deal, but it's a big deal in my little world. And it's important that you, as a podcast listener, don't keep this to yourself. I mean, we're not talking about state secrets here. We're talking about something from which anybody can benefit. So I have a request for you before we get into today's episode. Please share this with anybody that you think might benefit from it. Of course, having said that, I know that most people who need it most will be least inclined to listen to something that explains to them that they need to get a grip on their own head because otherwise they are and will continue to be normal crazy people. Okay, if you could do that for me, it'd be wonderful. If you could do that for them, it would be wonderful. And as you know, sharing is caring, as my youngest daughter's soft toy, Barney, used to say. In other words, it's good for everybody concerned. Everybody's a winner. But I want to come back to where I started just a moment ago in relation to language and how normal language constrains us in relation to exploring and explaining the abnormal. But normal language constrains us in another really important way as well. And it's something that the vast majority of people aren't aware of, and by the way, it is something that many of the people with whom I work one-to-one aren't aware of either. And I want to alert you to it. Because very often I will say to people with whom I'm speaking on Zoom, watch your language. Don't use this word, don't use that word. Your subconscious mind is listening all of the time. So if you're using negative words, that is feeding into your primarily skewed, normal crazy view of life, the world, and you yourself, which is veering always towards the negative. So we need to be very careful with our own language. We know for a fact that there is a lot of dialogue going on in our own head. Very often we're not aware of that, but most of that dialogue is negative too. And that means there is an even grander reason why we should meditate to ensure that that noise goes away. Now, listen to what I just said. I didn't say that you meditate to stop the noise. You meditate and the noise will go away. It'll go away sooner or later. Now people often say to me, oh but my mind has got busy again. My mind when I sat down to meditate this morning was literally jumping around the place like a Mexican jumping bean. It was all over the place and I feel as if I'm regressing. Now I'm not talking about regressing in the way in which a hypnotherapist might regress you. That's an entirely different conversation that we don't need to have because As far as I'm concerned in relation to hypnotherapy and regression therapies, there are more inherent dangers in that than benefits. But as I said, that's another conversation that we probably don't need to have. But when you're meditating, you never regress. I have a very good friend, and I've mentioned him to you a number of times recently when we were going through the training that led up to my Black Friday special offer, which is now gone. Like everything, it arises and passes away, that has passed away at this stage. But I mentioned this guy who turned up on my first workshop in Dublin, which was face to face at the time. The internet was in its infancy back in 1996. And I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him a couple of times a year, every year. And he's part of a group of people who, fellow travellers, go back years together. And I spent six mornings with them online just a few weeks ago. But he even now said to me, he said, I fell off the wagon again. I haven't been meditating regularly. He said, but the minute I pick it up again, it's like as if I never put it down. You never regress in meditation. What you do is plateau. In other words, you climb the mountain. Now that actually suggests there's effort involved. There's no effort involved at all. There's a little discipline to ensure that you meditate most mornings. That's about the height of it. And anybody can do that. You climb the mountain to a certain level and then you plateau. You know exactly what the word means and it describes it perfectly. Now, it isn't, as most people will say, that they have gone backwards. I will always ask people who think they have gone backwards, thinking being the operative word, to compare where they are now with where they were before they took their first steps up the mountain. And they realize, oh, I've come an awful long way. Now, you see, very often we need to stop and look back and reflect on where we were and how far we've come because... Generally speaking, when we are taking control of the piece of equipment between our own two ears, it is a control that is taken one step at a time, one day at a time, very often one now at a time, as it must be, in fact. And therefore, people discount the little steps that they take without realising that when they accumulate, they are actually taking giant leaps in their lives, and from time to time they will plateau. But they'll plateau at a completely different level to the level at which they started out on this, I was going to say journey. It's actually an adventure. It really is an adventure. Plateauing simply happens, like everything else in life, in that we have good days and bad days. Now, what I mean by that is some days present us with more challenges than others. And that doesn't mean they're bad days. It just means that we have more to deal with in terms of ensuring that our state of mind stays steady in the face of having that more to deal with. So if I wouldn't worry about someone else's state of mind, there is no reason why they should worry about it at all. And indeed, worry is one of the things that I want to explore in this particular podcast because I want to talk about some bad words and I want to talk about some good words, mindful of what I said a few minutes ago in relation to how language is so important, because as I said a minute ago, and I'll just clarify it even further now, your subconscious is always listening. It is known in psychology as the constant observer. It's listening, it's watching, it's feeling all of the time. And, and just as an aside in relation to talking about language, we need to be careful to understand that our subconscious mind doesn't have a normal sense of humour. Surprise, surprise, because it's not normal. It is something that really only comes to the surface when we use our minds abnormally. So if you joke about, just for example, oh, I'll end up penniless, You know what message you're giving to the subconscious mind, even though you mean it as a joke. What does the subconscious mind hear? It hears penniless. So we need to be very, very careful with our language. That, by the way, mirrors the way in which when we have young children, we as parents often joke with them. But what lands on them is not a joke to them. For example, you might say to a two or three year old, oh, You look awful silly doing that as a joke. What does the two or three-year-old's subconscious mind hear? And what kind of psychological snapshot does it take? Now, as an important aside, I am not extolling the dubious virtues of always talking positively to your children, of always telling them they can be everything, they can have everything, because what they're hearing is, I can have everything. And we all know what that feeds into in later life. It feeds into I want everything, which leads me to one of the biggest, baddest words knocking around, want. The mind is agitated by want. The mind is further agitated by thinking that you must have what you want to be a success. Want is at the root of an awful lot of evil in this world. I want your land. I want your water. There are water wars going on in the world at the moment that people aren't aware of, but water is going to end up as one of the most precious commodities in this world as the climate heats. I want your oil. I want your money because I want more money. I want, I want, I want. As I said, want is at the root of so many evils in this world, but that's actually not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ordinary, everyday want. I must have this, I must have that. I'm talking about how, when I ask most people with whom I work in the first instance, What kind of experiences would you love to have in your life? They talk about what they want or what they think they want. And if you go down that rabbit hole, you're going to end up trying to compete with the Joneses. You may or may not be aware of the old expression, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the neighbors, keeping up with people because you think that if you keep up with them, they will think the better of you and they are doing exactly the same thing. Nobody's really thinking about anything other than want. Now, the real problem with want is that it is such a negative word because what is the key connotation from using the word want? It means that I don't have. Now, it's interesting. I don't have what I actually, in the end, don't need for the perfect kind of life that I could be living because right now, regardless of what you have, haven't, think you want or think you need, right in this moment, as you take this breath, listening to me, all is well, you have enough, and you are enough. There's so much in that sentence that I have just uttered. You have enough. More importantly, you are enough. So therefore, if we're talking about setting our mind, as we did last week, and indeed in last Thursday's video, Thursday morning video as well, if we're talking about setting our minds, we need to give our subconscious mind the coordinates. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen or watch last Thursday's video. We need to give our minds the coordinates of the kind of things and kind of experiences we would prefer to have in our lives. That is a powerful word, prefer, because it means that I haven't attached myself to something. Attachment always drags us back into the world of want and thought. It means I have detached myself from the notion that I need this, that, or the other to be successful or to be happy, in which case I divorce myself from the happiness and experience of the moment that I would otherwise be appreciating here and now. As a client said to me a few weeks ago, "Should I hate the word want, because what it actually means to me, now this may be an Irish expression, it may be an expression further afield as well, I don't know, but she said to me, if I use the word want, it means there is a want in me. Let me put it more bluntly, it means there is a lack in me, and the lack is in me, it isn't in what I have or don't have, because fundamentally, if you listen to everything we've been talking about for the last couple of years, and everything indeed that I've been talking about for the last more than quarter of a century at this stage, We all fundamentally were given the belief that there was a lack in us when we were young and impressionable. It is inherent in Western culture. Now, we're not going to go off into a debate on what I've just said. It it simply is. Now, we can have that debate, if you like, at some other point. If you disagree with me, I actually don't care. It is a fundamental part of Western civilization that we need to better ourselves, that we need to constantly achieve. Now, you're enough as you are. And therefore, what you need to do is settle for where you are and what you are right now. Now, immediately, alarm bells will go off in most people's heads, because when normal crazy people use the word settle, I'll settle for this or I'll settle for that. It means that I'm rowing back on the grandeur of the life that I might otherwise have. Now, I've chosen those words deliberately because we're steering clear of the word want or lack or everything that goes with want and lack or the want in me. I'm not using the word settle in the same way as the normal crazy person would say, I need to just settle for what I have. You know I'm never going to get any further i'll just settle for it i'm talking about settling your mind we need to allow our minds settle for the simple reason for starters from our own health point of view An unsettled mind is going to lead to unsettled flow of energy in your body. Or if I can put it in a different way, a mind that is ill at ease is going to produce a body that is suffering from dis-ease. We need to allow our minds settle. And as our minds settle, we begin to appreciate now. We appreciate that we are here now and we appreciate what we are now. And that's a phrase I've used on multiple occasions over the last couple of weeks as we went through our longer training. What you are is energy. If you're ill at ease or unsettled, your energy is not flowing freely. It is flowing back in in loops that are strangled by the 70,000 thoughts that are going on in your own head. In other words, you're strangling yourself. Nothing is going out into the universe. And if a normal crazy person who is using their mind that way doesn't bother turning up enough to their lives to invest themselves in the present moment, they're going to get no return on an investment they didn't make we need to allow our minds to settle we need to accept where we are because where we are is here and now if i don't accept where i am here and now i am going to go back into the world of want I'm going to go back into the world that I must change this, that, or the other. You don't change this, that, or the other by wanting to change. You don't change anything in your life by having goals to change things in the future. You change things in your life. Indeed, you'll transform your life if you settle for and accept where you are right now, because that frees up the mind to enable you fully appreciate where you are now, in other words, as well as everything else, understand where you are now and understand inherently and instinctively what you need to do here and now. Do here and now for what purpose? For the purpose of living your life to the full in the here and now, of enjoying yourself in the here and now, of being happy and successful in the here and now. Regardless of what is going on around you. As I said, a few minutes ago, some days will throw more challenges at you than others. And some days, it is from the most challenging of days that we get the biggest kick as a result of transforming what might be imperfect moments, in other words, the challenges into perfect moments as a result of us surmounting and passing the challenge and moving further forward. We can only do that with a clear mind. Most people get bogged down in their challenges by thinking about how big the challenges are and how much they are challenged by them, which leads into wondering whether I'm capable of dealing with them, which triggers the stress response. And you know where that takes us, unhealthy mind unhealthy body. We know what stress does to the mind and body. Stress will shorten your life by five to seven years. An illness like a cardiovascular illness or a cancer will get you that otherwise wouldn't get you if you had no stress in your life. And that is why we need to allow our minds settle. Let's recap for just a moment on some of the important things I've said here. In this episode today number one we don't need to fight the noise in our own head we don't need to fight the thoughts in our own head fighting those thoughts fighting those ideas that we have about our own self-limitations fighting any of that gives energy to the fight gives energy to the thoughts pushes energy back into our own system rather than releasing our energy out into the universe That's one of the very first things I said in this episode. We do not need to fight our own thoughts. Meditation doesn't enable us. And I'm going to use this phrase because I've heard a number of people using it in conversation or on program owners Zooms. They talk about pushing their thoughts away. You don't need to push your thoughts away. The more you transform the subcortical structures in your brain as a result of meditation, in other words, the more you restructure those neural pathways, the more those parts of the brain will work in a way to ensure that you are increasingly present in the here and now, in other words, increasingly settled in your own mind. And that will allow the thoughts dissipate, eventually to the point where, as a result of the subcortical brain having been suitably restructured through regular meditation, Those thoughts, which are housed in the posterior cingulate cortex of the brain, are actually blocked from coming into your consciousness or indeed subconsciousness at all. So we can let that stuff drift away by simply allowing our minds settle. We don't want to have a fight with ourselves, there's no merit in that, because as I said a moment ago, that only encourages our thinking mind. It encourages our thinking mind to further join the imaginary battle that goes on in normal crazy people's heads between who I really am and who I think I am. When I realise that I don't need to fight the thoughts in my own head, and when I experience the thoughts in my own head not being there... Now, First of all, that might often happen first in meditation or it might happen as a result of meditation where it hasn't been experienced in meditation. Let me explain that very briefly for a second because most people will sit down to meditate and try to let the thoughts go away. You know what's going to happen there because the one thing that will stop you achieving anything that you want in life is trying too hard. So people tie themselves in knots trying to let the thoughts go away i used the word pushing a minute ago you meditate to meditate you meditate just to be and as a result of being the brain restructures itself and as a result the thoughts dissipate the important thing the real win is that as a result of regular meditation those thoughts don't get in our way in the cut and thrust of the day So for example, we talked about challenges a few minutes ago. It is me thinking about how big a challenge is that makes the challenge insurmountable, makes it more difficult. That's where the stress comes from. That's where the effort comes from. That's where procrastination comes from. Oh, that challenge is too big. I won't bother doing anything about it today. And of course the challenge grows legs as a result. And not only have I procrastinated, I then feel guilty about procrastinating. In other words, we're feeding our own thoughts. Through regular meditation, those thoughts go away. We get out of our own way. As a result of that, our mind settles. As a result of that, I accept me. That's the big acceptance that I want you to understand that I'm talking about. I accept me for who I am right now. I accept me for what I am. Right now, in accepting me for who I am, right now, I am laying the ghost of my conceptual self to rest, one now at a time. Now, the conceptual self, which has been your fellow traveler since you were 12 or 13 years of age, not your companion, not your friend, just your fellow traveler. This is the person, the noise in your own head that shouts at you, that belittles you. That conceptual self which has been your fellow traveller since you were 12 or 13 years of age, takes time to dissipate. Uh, People get upset about that as well. And of course, getting upset feeds the conceptual self. It'll go away. This is one of the key things that I want you to get out of today's episode. Your thoughts and all the inhibitions that your thoughts create and all the self-limiting beliefs that only come from your thoughts, they will go away if you to quote many of my program owners, follow the process. You just follow the process. What is the process? I meditate every day. I ensure that during the course of the day, I stop myself to appreciate where I am. Because if I don't do that, certainly in the early stages of this journey, the conceptual self will hop back on the bandwagon and flog you to death as it drives you down a dead end which of course it is for most people who don't know what we're talking about here or don't know that you could take control of what's going on between your two ears. Or indeed, as we said in our last three weeks of heavy duty training, don't know that it is imperative that you take control of what's going on between your two ears. Because if you don't, you've gone off on that bandwagon. You've been whisked away on a train of thought that ends up in the train wreck that is normal, crazy existence. Am I being too dramatic? Look at what's going on in the world. Look at what's going on around you. Look at the behavior of people on the road. Look at the behavior of people in supermarket queues. Look at the behavior of people full stop. Or maybe I have used the wrong word there. Look at the misbehavior that's all around us. So we need to allow our minds Settle. Settling is a good word. We need to accept ourselves for who we really are. Now, you will never appreciate who you really are if you don't meditate. I will repeat that because that's very important. You will never appreciate who you really are until you meditate. Then, as a result of meditation, one day, and I don't mean one day off in the future. One day when you sit down to meditate, having not appreciated before, suddenly you'll experience it. And then you'll go, ooh, that feels different. Or as many people have said to me on our program owner's Wednesday evening Zooms, it's a word that I hear frequently. I felt something weird when I was meditating. And they explained what they felt. And I say, that's not weird at all. You're actually experiencing what you really are. And once you experience that, you will Accept who you are for the simple reason that you are enormous. You are omnipotent. You're all powerful. If you would just get out of your own way. And as we said a minute ago, that's a phrase I've used a couple of times now in this podcast. You get out of your own way by meditating because it settles your mind and your thoughts dissipate and eventually go away altogether. Then you can, as we talked about in last Thursday's video, then you can, knowing who you are, set your mind, not for your goals or objectives, not for what you think you want. You can set your mind for what is best for you. Because having experienced who you really are, having now appreciated and accepted who you really are, you will know, that you can trust yourself. And you will know that you can trust yourself to give you the life that is best for you. And that includes obviously health and happiness and enjoyment. It includes, is an interesting one, it includes financial freedom. People, oh, people uh, tie themselves in knots thinking about money. And of course, as we said a minute ago, when you go down that particular direction, how does the thinking mind interpret that? It interprets it as lack of money. Some of the richest people with whom I have worked over the last 20, almost 28 years at this stage, I'm talking about some seriously wealthy people. All they can think about is lack of money. So just take what I've said for now at face value in relation to financial freedom. If you're an online program owner, you will know that we had a full hour conversation on that last Wednesday night and we will continue that conversation next Wednesday night. If you're not a programme owner, just take it at face value for now. We'll explore that at some other point. Really what I'm saying is financial freedom goes with the territory of settling and acceptance, trust and understanding that you can trust yourself to lead yourself one now at a time to what is best for you, which is different, always different from what the normal mind thinks you want. We've covered an awful lot of ground in this episode, but one of the key things that I want you to take away from this is that language and the language that you use and the language that rattles around your own head is very important. Be careful how you talk to others. Be careful how you talk to yourself. Because words have power. And we'll talk again next week. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough, called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www. Willy Dash.